The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Okay, it is 7 o'clock, so we'll call the meeting to order. Good evening, everybody. This is the Thursday, February 2nd meeting of the City of Kalamazoo Planning Commission. Thanks, everybody, for being here in attendance. Can we get a roll call? Harrison? Here. Milliken? Here. Bouts? Telco? Here. Pitts? Swan? Here. And we know that uh, Commissioner Bias will not be here this evening. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, we have an uh, agenda before us. Are there any changes to the agenda? There are no changes this evening. Okay. With that, then, can we get a motion to approve the agenda? So moved. Second. Moved by Patelko, second by Harrison. All in favor of the motion? Aye. Any opposed? Great, thank you. We also have the minutes from the December 1, 2022 meeting. Are there any changes, comments, questions from that meeting? Or the minutes? Seeing none, can we get a motion to approve the minutes? Um, move we approve the minutes for the December 1 meeting. Motion by Burgess, is there support or, or a second? Second. Second by Patelko, all in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Any opposed? All right. Any communications and announcements? 
Uh, we do have one, and I'll kind of hint it out now. So you are going to be um, guided by a new staff member uh, starting uh, next month. Bobby Durkee is here, and I'll let him introduce himself during the city planner report. Uh, Pete Eldridge took a different role within the city. He got to keep Zoning Board of Appeals, uh, but not Plan Commission. So um, I'll let Bobby introduce himself later, but just kind of we're pretty excited about that. So know that that is coming. Great. Thank you. Welcome, Bobby. We'll look forward to hearing from you uh, a little later on. Um, assuming nothing else, then we'll move on to public hearings. We've got one public hearing on the agenda tonight. And just as a reminder to everybody with the public hearings, uh, everybody has, uh, during the public comment portion, uh, we will invite everyone to come up to the podium. You've got three minutes to give your comments. We ask that you give your name, your address, and there's also a sign-in sheet. Uh, please write it there so that it can be spelled properly in the minutes. Um, we will also give an opportunity for speak, anyone who's listening online to call in and speak during the public comment portion pertaining to this item. Uh, is this the phone number written up here? The phone number is 888-382-9556. And again, we'll take those calls during that public comment period. If you have public comments on non-agenda items, there will be an opportunity for that later on in the agenda. So I think we've covered all those bases. So with that, we'll open uh, public hearing 2023.01, request for special use permit at 3651 East Pork Street for outdoor sales and service use. Hi, thank you, commissioners. Uh, so first case of the year, uh, it is a special use request uh, for the address of 3651 East Cork Street. Um, it is a special use to allow outdoor sales and storage. Specifically, uh, the applicant is interested in opening an enterprise rental car and rental truck on this site. Um, the site, which is highlighted here, is the former Burger King uh, on East Cork Street. It has been vacant for a couple of years at this point. Um, and uh, we'll move one slide forward, Beth. We have a couple of pictures of it. Normally we go out and take pictures. Uh, it's a very big site, and I kind of thought these were a little more effective to show you the area around uh, the proposed site. Um, and I have it here in the circle. Um, you can see that it is surrounded by a number of auto-oriented uses. Large parking lots, buildings tend to be set back. Um, next slide, please. Those include hotels and restaurants, there's offices, there's two men in a truck, some of the businesses that are nearby. And this is a shot of the property from Cork Street when it was still open. Next, thank you. This property is currently zoned community commercial. Um, as you know, community commercial or CC is our most intensive commercial district. Uh, it is meant for auto-oriented areas. It is meant for areas that are adjacent to highways, uh, interchanges, and other large corridors. Um, next slide, please. This area is also noted as commercial in our future land use plan. And just for, for reference too, the blue in the picture is industrial. So we know that this area is pretty intensively used. Um, next slide, please. So um, in staff making a recommendation, staff supports the request that's before you this evening. Um, and you have in your staff report a, like a, a very detailed report as to why we believe that uh, this request meets the review criteria associated with a special use permit. Uh, but I'll just talk about a couple of them right now to summarize. 
So first is the location. The location is appropriate for this type of auto-oriented use. Um, the zoning is commercial and the uses around it are commercial, including other kind of truck rental with the two men in a truck. Um, lots of hotels that kind of cater and restaurants that cater to travelers on I-94, right by the Sprinkle Interchange. Cork Street itself is a community connector in our street design manual. Uh, that is our most intensive street. Therefore, in this case, it actually matches with the land use and the zoning. Uh, so two lanes in either direction um, and definitely has capacity to add this use in this area. There are no uh, anticipated environmental impacts. Uh, I'll let the applicants talk about uh, what they're uh, going to do and not do to the site as it relates to impervious cover and maintaining existing landscaping. I think they have some plans that they can show you. The site has clear ingress and egress. Emergency service can access it and it has access to utilities as a already developed site. With that, I'm happy to answer any questions. And of course, we have the applicants here from Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Thank you. Are there any questions for staff at this time? Actually, I wanna know why, why does this even need a special use permit? How, because it seems like it would mm -hmm. be Ready right. to go. It, that's a great question. Um, so right now, outdoor sales and storage um, requires a special use. Now, outdoor sales and storage is a pretty wide category, which could include outdoor storage of loose goods, um, like landscaping uh, or um, other, it could be a car dealership, because that's outdoor storage. I think that staff, as we go through updates to the code, it's something to consider, you know, is there, do we need to break that into different pieces? Loose storage of material has a different impact on an area potentially than storage of kind of inanimate objects, right? But this is how it falls. So um, that is why it's before you this evening. It's a good question. Any other questions? Yes. Sure. Um, just in regards to um, environmental impact, you didn't have, um, any concern I was thinking about the building they're proposing to put in the back mm -hmm. with uh, including cleaning and washing vehicles. I imagine was the volume of the vehicles to be washed not a concern or uh, was it um, that there's adequate wastewater processing there? Yeah, that we believe that they'll be adequate for the site. Uh, I believe the applicant will talk to you about this, but it's also in your staff report that things like vehicle repair, uh, and maintenance are all contracted out to area businesses and so things like oil changes and that type uh, of car repair are not done on site. And so this is, you know, when you think about returning a car, what happens between uses? And so the cleaning, the vacuuming of the inside, the detailing um, uh, to me is not, well, not to me, is not, does not raise environmental concerns for this site. Any other questions for staff at this moment? Okay, thank you very much. We'll hear from the applicants. Hey, good evening, thanks for having us. Uh, my name is Ashby Donahue. I work for uh, Enterprise Holdings. I oversee the property development real estate for the state of Michigan. Um, just wanna go over a few things before we get into the project, just to give you a little background on who we are as a company and who we are coming into the community. Um, Enterprise Holdings, as you can see, um, 
We operate Enterprise and all the branches that come underneath it. We also operate Alamo National Rent-A-Car. What we're looking to do here is our brand for uh, traditional Enterprise Rent-A-Car, which you see and know, which we have two already in the Kalamazoo area. Then also our Enterprise Truck Rental, which today the closest location for someone in Kalamazoo is to drive to Grand Rapids if they wanted to rent a box truck for us. So we're looking to expand that market here. Um, the business is really growing with since COVID with the delivery um, and the box truck use. That business is really starting to, you know, it's continuing to grow and grow and grow. So we think it would be beneficial to open that here in Kalamazoo for the citizens of Kalamazoo. Um, next slide, please. Just little things that you may not know about Enterprise Holdings. We are privately held. Uh, we're not a public company. Um, we are owned by the Taylor family out of St. Louis, Missouri. Um, we have over 10,000 locations uh, globally. We are 12th largest uh, privately held company. We operate in 90 countries. We employ over 75,000 employees across the country or across uh, globally. Um, and next slide, please. Who are we in Michigan? Uh, we have 120 <coughs> staff locations across the state. We employ 1,300 plus employees, um, 26 million plus in local and state revenue with taxes. Uh, we did close to 900,000 rental transactions last year in the state of Michigan. And probably the thing that we're most proud of is our partnership with the communities and local charities. Um, as you can see, over $1 million in donations. Um, that's one of our big compass points with the company is being good citizens and partnering with the community. So um, like you were asking, Mr. Burgess, we only clean the vehicles on site. One good thing about Enterprise is we partner with local, the local businesses around the area for our oil changes or auto repair, all that stuff. We don't do any of that stuff in-house. We partner directly with um, businesses that are in the area and you know we, we don't do it with just one. We, you know, we diversify who we work with. We include certified diverse vendors, women-owned, military-owned. That's a big thing for us as well. So all that is very heavily community-involved. Uh, next slide, please. What we want to do with this property, um, obviously we want to open up Enterprise Rent-A-Car and Enterprise Truck Rental. Um, the plan for the property, this is conceptually what we'd like to do. As you can see, the uh, building itself the old Burger King, um, it would be an upgrade. The old Burger King has been abandoned, or not abandoned, has been out of use for you know a little over two plus years now. In the summertime, vegetation overgrows it. There's no landscaping. Um, the building itself is starting to deteriorate. The Burger King blue roof is starting to fall apart. So we'd like to come in and put about $800,000 of investment into that building alone um, to you know bring it up to speed to our corporate branding standards. And you can see conceptually what we'd like to do to all three sides of the building. Um, Obviously, we'd meet whatever requirements there were with the city for permitting and whatnot, but conceptually, this is what we would like to look like. And I'll show you a couple other um, locations that we've done around the state. Can you see what it looks like? Um, next slide, please. Um, the building we'd like to put on the back of the, the lot is our vehicle prep building. It's approximately 40 by 60. The only thing that goes on here is car washing, hand washing. It's not an automatic car wash. It's typically what you would think when you, um, when you wash your car in your driveway. Um, and you're, to answer your point about the environmental concerns, we put in oil water separators, sand trap separators, so all of our water is contained to meet all city codes. We are environmentally audited internally three times a year by Enterprise, um, and we meet all of the standards that we have to, so all of our wastewater is contained. Um, this site also is not in, I believe it's the Wellhead District um, for Kalamazoo, so 
Um, but this is actually the building that we would build on site. This is one that we just finished in Lansing, Michigan at a truck site there. Um, the building itself, it, the paneling and whatnot, can, colors can be changed, whatever you guys like to see aesthetically, but generally it's a pretty vanilla building. We try to put it in the back of the lot so it's not, it's, customers don't see it, it's only our employees that are on it. Um, for the lot itself, we don't plan to make any, you know, we're not gonna expand the footprint at all. We're gonna use it as is. We're gonna improve the actual front building for our customer transaction area, open this, keep the lot as it is. Um, we'll put together a landscape plan that will go through site plan approval, obviously to get approved to make sure, you know, to kind of clean up the area. But we'd like to keep, you know, we'll keep the, the wooded spaces as is, the parking lot will stay. We're not gonna impact any of the natural areas or anything like that. Um, next slide, please. <coughs> This is our proposed site plan. Um, just kind of what we had in mind for where we'd park cars, where we'd put trucks. You know, a lot of questions that we get asked when we come in and we say we want to open truck, we want to say, how many trucks are you going to have on site? They're big, where are they going to be? Our truck business is account-based, so we don't have these trucks generally sitting on our lot. They are out to commercial customers for long periods of time, two, three, four months. Two men in a truck who was mentioned in the earlier side, they're one of our customers, they rent the trucks from us. So. It's not necessarily like when you think of enterprise rent a car in the retail where you come in, you rent your car, you wreck your car, you come in, hey, I want to rent a car. That's not really how it works with truck. There's not, you, typically you're not gonna come in and say, hey, I want to rent a 26 foot box truck. It's gonna be for a commercial account. So um, there's a misconception that those will be sitting on the lot. Those are generally going to be out on long-term rental so they won't actually be on our lot as our other rental cars will. Um, we indicated some of the things that to meet the special use requirements, you know, the, um, the landscaping around the edge, whether it's gonna be a privacy fence or vegetation, we haven't figured that part out, but we do have that in our um, site plan, upgrading all of uh, the lighting on site. Um, we don't plan to touch any of the ingress, egress, most access points will stay the same, so traffic patterns and all that won't be impacted by what we're doing. Um, next slide, please. Question we always get, what kind of box trucks are you running? What size? Um, we rent all, these are pictures of what we have. The largest one that we have is a 26 foot box truck. We have a uh, few of those that would go out. The majority of what you're gonna see is uh, the extended cab pickup truck, like the 250s, things like that, where you can tow, or the cargo vans, things like that. Um, not so much the heavy box trucks. Those will be on the, out on rent for the majority of the time. Um, one of the things that came up with the special use is the gross vehicle cargo weight. We don't have anything that exceeds 10,000 pounds, so it meets that criteria as well. Um, next slide, please. Some similar projects around the state of Michigan that we just finished. This is Flint, Michigan, um, Austin Parkway. This is, this is car rental and truck also. So you can kind of get an idea of the aesthetic that we do. This opened um, August 1st. Uh, next slide. This is Southfield, Michigan. This is a 3.5 acre ground up build development that is scheduled to open April 1st. Also a car rental and truck rental um, look, so you can kind of see. This is the same aesthetic that we'll have here with the field stone along the bottom, the box signs, the awnings, the, all of our buildings are the moderate white, so it's a uniform look. We want you to, when you see Enterprise, you want you to recognize it. We, want, we don't want it to be, have a Burger King look, we want it to have the Enterprise look. Um, and that's what I have. Is there any questions or the next slide just says thank you if you want to go to it. But. Great, Th thank you very much. Are there any questions for the applicant? Yes. 
I just wanted to know about any current connections to like local charities and entities in Kalamazoo. Do you currently have those? We do. Um, I can get you that information. I don't know off the top of my head. We have the Enterprise Foundation where we have two branch locations in um, Kalamazoo. We also have the Portage Airport where those employees are able to come and ask for money for specific causes that are special to them. Um, so our, it's not something that's done at the corporate level. It's our employee level. They come to us and say, hey, I'm passionate about this. I'd like to give money to it. But I can, um, Mr. Harrison, I can get you who we partner with in the Kalamazoo area. Other questions for the applicants? The question I had written down was what kind of trucks? So I was happy that you showed that picture. So thanks for including that in the presentation. Popular question. Yeah. <laughs> You've done this before. No? All right. Well, thank you very much. If we have anything else, we'll, we'll ask you. Great, thank you. Yep. Uh, okay, well at this point then, we will open the public hearing. Again, we ask if you have any comments, please come forward. Um, state your name, address, write uh, your name on the pad of paper, and you'll have three minutes for your comments. Good evening, Jeff Messer, city resident. Good evening, Jeff Messer, city resident. Uh, in approximately 2019, uh, Enterprise was proposing to uh, open or establish a regional uh, car rental center with car wash or car washing and a large truck rental at the uh, former Wayside West on Stadium Drive. And that project didn't go through. I believe it was because uh, that they had a problem with some of the landscaping requirements uh, that were required by zoning ordinance. Uh, so maybe you can have uh, staff come forward and uh, please explain to us why that project didn't uh, go through. And also I was curious uh, if uh, when this one opens, uh, if uh, any existing uh, enterprise uh, locations in Kalamazoo County will be closing. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments? My name is Charles Cherney. I'm, uh, I'm from uh, 41 Linwood, Battle Creek. I'm a member of the Kalamazoo Board of Realtors. I'm also an appraiser, old enough to have appraised this when it was a new Burger King. Um, I've worked with uh, some of the enterprise people on finding the site. They're moving from Portage in a small building near the airport to this. And uh, I just want to speak that, that it, uh, we're all going to take our real estate education on reuse of real estate. I thought this was uh, a great use and, uh, and I recommend it because uh, it, it's uh, a good utilization of the site. It's not tearing down what's there. It's expanding, glorifying, modernizing and all those good things for it too. So I want to speak in favor. 
Any questions of me? I think we're good. Thank you. You got it. Any other comments from the audience? Okay. Is there anyone calling in? No, there's no callers. No callers. Okay. Then we will close the public hearing and uh, perhaps just for clarity, because it was a good question, if the applicant could answer, is this relocating an existing facility? Is it opening a new one? Is it, what's the? You're relocating our portage facility. That location, our lease is up in three years. The property ownership changed hands about a year, um, prior, right, right before COVID person purchased it with the intent of opening one of his restaurant concepts. Hmm. So he's already told us when your lease is over, you gotta find yeah, a new home. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of where this stemmed from originally because we have, do have to find a new home and obviously this truck market in Kalamazoo is uh, one of our top targets. Great, that's good, helpful information, thanks. Um, are there any clarifying questions for staff? Just a little bit about the timeline and expectation, knowing there's a three-year gap before you have to move and then, then we're doing this special permit use today. The, the property we would open as soon as we can, the property that we open, the property we have today, we lease and we have the ability to terminate that lease with a X amount of month notice to the landlord. Um, but we would like to open this as soon as we can to um, get it up and going and get the truck. It's a better facility for our employees as well. It's make uh, people be happier coming to work in the new facility versus where we are. It was good for, I think we've been there for close to 18 years now. Um, we've outgrown it. Uh, we also have the location literally right across the street. So we have two locations right, right beside each other. So it doesn't make all most sense. And a lot of our business is more this direction. Any other clarifying questions for staff? I, I vaguely remember the Wayside West situation. Most of those concerns are gonna be site plan related, uh, landscaping and um, screening and, and those sorts of issues. So they'll be addressed during site plan review. Yeah, okay. Um, good, no other? If not, then we'll take a motion to kick off discussion. A motion to approve the special use permit at 3651 East Cork Street to allow the outdoor sales and service use as proposed. <laughs> I move to support. Motion by Harrison. Support from Patelco. All right. Is there any discussion on the motion? Just say they are a long-term business in our community, and they are expanding and growing, and you know, keeping their connection to our community. And the part that I appreciate that they're repurposing the existing use of what's already there. So, I'm just taking something that currently exists and making it better for our community, and um, I think it'll be a good use. Thank you. 
Any other discussion or comments? I, I just, I guess I'd say that it's fairly clear from the staff report that uh, all the necessary requirements to meet the ordinance are met. And uh, I would agree that it seems great to be using an existing space that hasn't been used. It's kind of nice that that can be done without having to tear things down and rebuild as well. So, seems to fit well. Good. Other comments, discussion? I agree, it meets the standards of the zoning ordinance for the special use. We'll have to go through site plan review. Um, but as far as the special use can, is concerned, it, meets the zoning ordinance standards, in my opinion, and I concur with the staff report. So, seeing nothing else, can we have a roll call vote? Burgess? Yes. Chambers? Yes. Harrison? Yes. Milliken? Yes. Patelko? Yes. Swan? Yes. Motion is approved. Thank you. All right. Um, city planner report. Thank you. Beth, if you could put up that. The PowerPoint for this item. So, um, what I'm going to talk to you tonight, I have talked to you about before, but it's been a while and the project um, didn't quite get off the ground last year due to a variety of other activities and, and programs and projects that we are running. Um, it is an update of the zoning code, the commercial zoning code. So I'm going to um, lay out what we're doing and talk to you about timeline and those type of things. As you know, our zoning uh, up to about five years ago uh, was a code from 2005 and it lived in our municipal code where all of our ordinances live. Um, it lived in Appendix A. Appendix A was the zoning ordinance, zoning code. And after Imagine Calm Zoo, which laid out a whole host of reasons why the code needed to be updated, um, including matching, you know, or aligning with, I should say, the future land use plan in the 2025 master plan, um, we started to slowly update the code. We chose a path of um, small updates, uh, often following neighborhood plans or state legislation that was approved um, and did small incremental updates over the last few years. And so those include things like the creation of the form-based Live Work 1, Live Work 2, and Node districts, uh, which we then mapped in the north side and the east side neighborhoods. Uh, and we're poised to start that process in Edison and Vine right when COVID um, hit. Uh, we've updated the parking section uh, in our code and uh, we have done natural features protection overlay district phases one and two in that time. Uh, we rezoned downtown, creating three downtown districts rather than the old uh, central business district zoning. Um, we have two uh, marijuana or cannabis uh, sets of regulations for uh, medical as well as adult use. And last year, if you recall, we also did a small update uh, based on application of the code over the, that period of time to make sure everything read clearly and was operating, you know, well. All of those new updates, rather than putting them in Appendix A, we created a new zoning document, uh, which also is housed in the Municipal Code in Chapter 50. So as we slowly review and take things out of Appendix A, they go into Chapter 50, 
which at, when we are done with this process will be the new zoning code. In the meantime, we are operating with zoning regulations in two documents, which is difficult. Uh, and we are trying to do as much as we can this year to make sure that uh, we are down to one document. So uh, with that, next slide please. This is the, uh, the table of contents of chapter 50 and has been for a while. Um, several of those sections were reserved and didn't have any information in them because they lived in Appendix A. And so um, anything that is in red is going to be uh, gonna have some number of updates through this process. Some of them are small and some of them are big and I'm gonna loosely talk about all of them right now or at least the types of changes in each of these um, articles within chapter 50 um, so we can kind of just understand the lay of the land of where we're gonna go. Know that everything is tied, just about everything that we're doing is tied to commercial zoning. It is our goal to start an update to the residential code in the second half of the year. So that is also in the works. Um, but right now we're focusing primarily on commercial districts and the zoning map as it relates to uh, commercial districts. Next slide, please. Don't need to worry about the specifics of like super detailed into this. I just wanted to demonstrate. We have a lot of existing districts, some of which aren't mapped in the zoning code. They just exist as text only. Um, and uh, we have a lot of unitasker districts that are very focused on one use, uh, not allowing others, uh, which is, um, has been problematic at times, has, you know, had, uh, has had variance requests come up against it, um, and is generally not very flexible with the way that we operate now, including most commercial existing commercial districts don't allow residential, um, even though many of them are mapped in areas where there is residential, so you can see how that is problematic. Um, so the, the point of this project was to review the existing zoning districts, figure out how we can collapse, what do we need to create. Uh, and so anything that's in that first column, which would be, um, I guess, on your left uh, up there, for those of you who, plan commissioners who are viewing the screen, um, anything that's in gray uh, will be going away. And it will get mapped either with, uh, with the districts that are in the middle column, two of which are new. Um, and if you go to the next slide, Beth, I'll start to talk about those two new districts. Again, this is just a preview. We are gonna have a presentation at every plan commission meeting between now and when the item goes to approval to talk in detail about each of these sections to provide you with information about the draft and where we are in the, um, in the outreach and engagement process too, but just to kind of provide a lot of background because I know this is a lot of changes to an already big document. And so we're gonna try and take the slow and go through it piece by piece. The first district that we're proposing to add to the code is commercial node. We already have a neighborhood node district. Both of these exist in the 2025 master plan in our future land use plan. It designated both neighborhood nodes, which are small walkable uh, mixed use centers like Vine and West Edge in the Vine neighborhood, uh, Washington Square in the Edison neighborhood, um, and uh, commercial nodes, which are bigger, uh, don't just serve the neighborhoods directly adjacent to them, uh, but serve a wider area as well. So they get this mix of folks walking uh, to them uh, from the adjacent neighborhoods and driving. As it turns out, most of these in the city of Kalamazoo also have a grocery store, which is one of the reasons why they attract um, 
uh, patrons from more than just the adjacent neighborhood. So we're talking about um, Vine between West or um, Howard West Edge Park Crosstown, where Midtown Fresh is, Oakwood Plaza, um, Cork Lane uh, at Cork and Lovers. Um, so plazas that you know kind of serve that dual purpose that are definitely bigger than those you find in um, in the, the the neighborhood, the smaller neighborhood nodes. The second district that we are proposing to create is um, Community Commercial 2. We're keeping Community Commercial, and so this is Community Commercial 2. Um, it is meant to be um, for smaller, uh, medium-scale commercial mixed-use areas. Um, it is most often going to be found on our main corridors, but where residential hits those corridors. So think about where residential on Burdick or Southwest Edge you know, before you get to Kilgore and it starts to get big again um, in terms of size of buildings and lots. And so a lot of residential streets that, that tee in or go across uh, the main corridor, they have small commercial there, often strip centers. Some of them are up front, close to the street, some of them are back. Um, and you find those in lots of different areas. And so that is, those are kind of good representations in your mind of what uh, CC2 is compared to community commercial or CC, which is which is what we just talked about. Larger lots tend to be closer to the expressway, serve a not just a city purpose but often a regional purpose. Uh, so think about Cork and Sprinkle, uh, Drake, uh, and Stadium area, um, uh, Drake up at West Main. You know those areas, kind of the larger lot commercial. Next slide, please. So those are the two districts that we're proposing. And again, I will get into lots of detail as we go. I'm again, just trying to kind of set the stage for you for what will change. In the third article, um, in addition to uh, adding those zoning districts and removing the other ones that we had grayed out, um, we're gonna have a new zoning map. There's about 2,000 parcels, I believe, that are gonna be impacted by this map change. It's a lot of parcels. Um, we, are, we have a lot of commercial zoning in the city uh, right now. Um, much of which is actually not commercially used. A lot of it is res residential or um, some mix of uses. Um, again, with our goal of trying to get as much stuff, move uh, the, as much stuff from Appendix A into Chapter 50, we're gonna take a couple of other districts that aren't really gonna be changed, but just need to move to their new home. This includes institutional campus, you all recently dealt with uh, Kalamazoo College's Institutional Campus Master Plan. Uh, so that district will come over to um, Chapter 50, as well as our planned unit development uh, uh, district, which is one that you have not dealt with, and actually we haven't dealt with in more than a decade, I would guess. Um, but it's um, a district that we keep on hand. It's meant for very large developments that are kind of unique, and so it allows flexibility in its development standards. So we're bringing that over. You know that the zoning code now, and we talked about it with um, uh, the, uh, the case we just heard, that we use street types uh, to help us think about land use, right? Because you wanna make sure that the street and the land use are working together, um, like we saw on Cork Street uh, out uh, near 3651 that we just heard about, um, where auto-oriented uses on a large street. And so we have right now in our zoning code a street type map uh, we have since updated that through the street design manual process, and so we're gonna be updating what's in the zoning code with the street types that were worked out with the street design manual. 
Next slide, please. Of course, if you're adding new districts, what do, what do zoning districts do? They talk about use and they talk about dimensional standards, right? Setback, height, you know, does it allow a restaurant, does it allow a coffee shop, what have you. So accordingly, for adding new districts, we need to update both the use table, uh, the accessory use table, um, and the zoning standards with those new districts uh, and incorporating those. We're also gonna make a couple of other small changes. Um, the state has uh, adjusted the um, uh, adult, some of the, the definition of marijuana and uh, some of the adult use license types. And so we'll be updating our code accordingly um, or proposing to update our code accordingly. Uh, that includes things like we already allow micro businesses, which is a marijuana business that allows for small scale uh, production, processing and sale all on site. Um, They've adjusted that and created a second license type that's very similar to that. It's called micro business license A. So we'll be specifically allowing that in our code. So some of the changes are things that come from the state that we're opening up the code. So it's appropriate to make those changes now. Other things are uh, we have rules in our general municipal code where again, where the zoning lives, but things that dictate all the other ordinances in the city, right? Fire code, building code, um, and we have a code on animals, of course. Um, in that code are things like our rules for keeping backyard chickens and rabbits, and those should be in the zoning code because they specifically talk about the setback from property lines and those type of details. That is a zoning issue, not a general municipal code issue. So we're, um, that those, we'll be taking some actions that are clean up to make sure the regulations are in the right location. Next slide, please. Parking. Overall, we'll not see a lot of changes. However, the city is debating through this process uh, if we want to change how we regulate parking. Right now, we have a minimum amount of parking that every use must supply. We also put a cap on the amount that a use supplies because we want, we want to be very mindful about um, impervious coverage and stormwater um, and, you know, also the opportunity to think about, you know, is the use very auto-oriented or not, and you know, what does that look like, and making sure that we're um, guiding development the right way. Many cities across the country, including many in Michigan, um, are uh, dropping the minimums and just setting a maximum. Um, and so we are considering how that might work in Kalamazoo and if that is something we want to do. Um, now, we already have many areas that are parking exempt meaning any new development that goes in there does not need to provide parking. Places like all of downtown. The neighborhood nodes, right? Small walkable areas of development don't need to require, don't need to supply parking um, or are exempt from supplying parking. Really small buildings, you know, uses that are under, I believe it's 2,000 square feet, don't need to provide parking. And that's uh, recognizing that we are a built out community with a lot of small lots and a lot of small businesses and you know, adding parking to a site can be onerous um, and not always make sense based on its location. So we're weighing all of those elements um, and you know, when it becomes before you and to the public, we'll have that conversation. The variances that we get for parking these days are not to generally to reduce the number of parking spaces. It's actually to go over our maximum cap. Um, and so we are going to do two things surrounding that. One, we're gonna give a little more guidance on 
when a variance is will be most appropriate when you're asking for something that's, that's over. Um, we have a lot of credits and shared parking opportunities that exist in the code, and so things like, you know, are you taking advantage of those? Do they exist in this case? Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be provided on site. We are also going to create a second overage percentage. So right now, if you wanna go over, you can go over 10% of the minimum amount that's in the code everywhere, whether you are at Arboretum and Drake, or you are um, at Vine and West Nedge, and those are two very different areas. Vine and West Nedge, on street parking, in the middle of a neighborhood, um, you know, lots of bus service, walking distance of a lot of things, versus no on-street parking, higher speed road, multiple lanes, um, less opportunity for shared parking. And those two places are different, and maybe we need to treat them different in terms of the overage number. Next slide, please. So this will be brought a, new, a whole new section that is being moved from Appendix A to Chapter 50, and this is landscape and screening, so landscaping and fencing. Um, uh, we have the opportunity to make sure that this new section is aligned with our Natural Features Protection Ordinance uh, and our Community Sustainability Plan, which does call out some goals on landscaping and tree canopy coverage um, and other things. Um, so we'll have the opportunity to set goals associated with those plans. Um, we also have just the general, it hasn't been looked at since 2005, so we have the opportunity to streamline and clarify the standards in the document um, to make it easier to apply both on staff's end as well as um, applicants' ends. Next slide, please. Signs and lighting. Signs we've talked about a lot. It's, we wrote this section two years ago now, I believe, and held on to it to do with the commercial code. Um, we talked about it publicly, we shared it with our sign contractors in town, um, we'll do that again. Uh, and remember that you know the, the main point of the updates for that section were one, to bring it to chapter 50, but also to illustrate all the different sign types, um, provide very clear regulations, and of course now we need to make sure that it applies to the new districts. Lighting, uh, lighting is a section that exists in Appendix A, we'll be bringing it over with this move, um, and we don't uh, anticipate any major changes to this section um, right now. Next slide, please. So let's talk about timing. Um, we are in the process of creating that draft map. We're in the process of editing the text, working with the city attorney's office, working with staff in a variety of, um, that focus on a variety of um, planning aspects um, to get a draft document out, and we expect to do that in the next two to three weeks. Um, our goal is, for those of you that recall Natural Features Protection 2 process, there was a lovely interactive map online, and you could roll over the pro your property or another property and say, here's what it is now, here's why it's changing, um, and give information. Um, so everyone will be able to view that for any properties that are changing. We're gonna be sending a postcard to every property owner and tenant uh, in the next few, within the next month, two or three weeks, month, to say, hey, please go review this map, the new draft of the code is out, understand how it impacts your property. Um, we're gonna do meetings, we're gonna set up one-on-one -on -one office hours for people to come answer questions, and so we'll do all of that over um, late winter and early spring. 
I would guess, you know, May, June, July will be kind of the approval process start. Um, you know, if it slips a month because we need to do more engagement, then it slips a month. Um, but that's approximate timeline just for your reference and the community's reference. So we do expect to have things live in the next few weeks. As soon as we get it live, we'll send the postcard out so those that are impacted by the change um, will be able to get information as to what that means um, and be able to ask questions, concerns, and discuss with staff. And that's what I wanted to share with you tonight. I know it's a lot. Oh, you, could, you can close it, Beth. Um, I know it's a lot. Um, and, but again, we're going to talk about this every time. We're going to go section by section to give you the chance to ask questions in a public setting um, so we can um, kind of educate ourselves on all these changes. Thank you. Any questions? Yeah. One quick, you said, <clears throat> excuse me, you said 2,000. These are 2,000 commercial parcels that will be affected by? Approximately. Some of them are parcels that are manufacturing that should be commercial. Um, there are situations where we have commercial properties that really should be residential. Um, and so there's a big mix. The vast majority are, you know, being rezoned to a new commercial district. Uh, but we do have a couple of those other ones. Uh, if you look at the zoning code today, you'll see in many places the commercial zoning turned the corner and kind of captured a few residential lots uh, in many, many uh, locations. Um, and those lots are used as residential now. They're the size of residential right now. And so where is appropriate, we um, are putting them back as residential. But it is a, it's a lot of parcels. Other questions, comments? This is, uh, it's gonna be a lot, uh, a lot of information. And if I think about what is, what's our role, what's our job, and if you really just scale it down to the, to the minimum, we're gonna have a public hearing in somewhere between, at least one public hearing, somewhere between four and six months. And it's naive for us to think that there's not going to be a few people out there that aren't going to be happy with what's happening. So our job is to get educated enough over the next four to six months so that we can weed out those comments and understand the, the merit and the relevance of those comments. Is this someone who just doesn't quite understand and needs some more education and you know needs a little time with staff and pointed in the right direction? Or is that, oh boy, yeah, something was missed and we need... Uh, we need to pull that particular element out and continue on with the other 999 points in the document uh, or stop the whole train for a minute, etc. But um, we are not going to become experts at staff's level in everything over the next four to six months, but we need to become educated enough so that we don't react with the same emotion that may get presented to us at those public hearings. So that's what I would have to say. So, all right. Thank you. I'm going to ask Bobby Jerky to come up. I know we don't normally talk about the site plan section, and I'm not necessarily suggesting that we do, although, of course, he is here for any questions. Um, Bobby is currently planner for us and manages site plan and will be transitioning into the assistant city planner role. I more wanted to give Bobby the chance to say hi and introduce himself to you. 
Thank you, Christina. As Christina said, my name is Bobby Durkee. I've been employed in the planning division since 2012. Um, when I was hired, I was hired as zoning inspector in the department. The zoning inspector inspects complaints, helps citizens, is, sits on the site plan review committee, um, does all sorts of um, zoning work. And about four or five years ago, I moved into this role as planner. And then my role primarily is to manage the site plan review process. I prepare the list, work with the committee, address a lot of the, the concerns such as landscaping, where does that soap go? Um, not me in particular, but the committee as a whole. Um, so, you know, I'm very familiar with a lot of the existing ordinance. I work on a lot of the changes uh, that we're proposing ahead of you in the months ahead. And I look forward to being able to be part of that, explain it to the commission and the community as well. So in addition to that, if you guys have any questions for me or any questions on the site plan table, let me know. Welcome, Bobby. Thank you. Thank you. Any hard, grilling, tough-nosed questions for Mr. Durkee? Back to that. No, all right. Be prepared. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Anything else? All right. Um, I guess before you sit down, are there any public comments? Uh, I guess, yes, from the audience. Are there any public comments on non-agenda items? Again, the same, we'd ask that you give your name, address, and three minutes. Good evening. Uh, Jeff Messer, city resident. Uh, since May, I've been a volunteer with Rank My Vote. It's a citizen's initiative that seeks to amend the Michigan Constitution in 2026 in order to establish ranked choice voting statewide. As an educational effort prior to that, we are collecting initiative petition signatures in large cities across the state in order to amend city charters and locally establish ranked choice voting. A petition drive for the city of Kalamazoo is currently underway. We have collected approximately 1,900 signatures towards our goal of 3,000 by mid-May. The city commission then has the option to either adopt the charter amendment or allow it to go to a vote of the citizens this November. Ranked choice voting is a change to the way we vote that we believe will increase and improve the quality and diversity of candidates by allowing voters to express their true candidate preferences without fear of wasting votes or voting for the lesser of two evils. For those unfamiliar with ranked choice voting, please visit our website, rankmyvote.org, where my is MI, the postal abbreviation for Michigan. The national website for ranked choice voting movement is fairvote.org. For those who are familiar with ranked choice voting and are ready to sign our petitions, I'll be canvassing at the Vine Neighborhood Association's Midwinter Festival this Saturday evening from 4.30 to 7.30 at the Vine Neighborhood Association office and adjacent businesses on South Westage Avenue at West Vine Street. For future locations where I and other ranked my vote volunteers will be canvassing, please follow my Facebook campaign page at facebook.com slash messer4kzoo. That's facebook.com slash m-e-s-s-e-r numeral 4 k-z-o-o. You can also enter Jeff Messer for Kalamazoo in the Facebook, uh, Facebook search box. Uh, and for those who are in the chambers tonight, uh, you would have to meet me outside the building if you want to sign my petition because uh, City Attorney Robinson, who is here to my right, has informed me previously that there is a city, that there's a rule against uh, circulating petitions inside City Hall. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments uh, from anyone in the audience? All right. Do we have any 
uh, call-in comments. No, there's no call-in comments. All right, thank you. Um, Commissioner Pradle, City Commissioner comments. New Year as well. First time seeing y'all in 2023. Uh, speaking of which, uh, our last meeting on January 17th, we adopted a $300 million budget for fiscal year 2023. That's a 22.2% .2 increase in our budget from the previous year, which is largely uh, because of capital improvements that we're making to the community. So if you thought last year looked ambitious with cones and progress and construction and non-motorized uh, modes of transportation popping up everywhere, wait till this year. It's going to be uh, pretty jam-packed. And that includes $111.1 million of capital improvements that you're gonna see uh, this year in just one year. Water, wastewater, local streets, and major streets. So a lot going on. And the thing I'm particularly proud about is um, last year when we had a retreat uh, and through a public survey and we selected five goal areas, youth, housing, infrastructure, safety, economic development. And so you'll see a lot of those elements uh, in this year's budget as well. Um, it also, I'm really excited as well because, you know, when you're creating that much um, growth, you also have to keep up with that capacity. So uh, one of the things last year we had is we adopted our first ever sustainability plan. We are now hiring a position uh, to manage that plan uh, moving forward. We also uh, created some positions in finance and accounting because, you know, if you're doing a lot of capital improvements, that means there's a lot more RFPs to submit out there and, and uh, invoices to get out or get paid. Uh, we also have another grant writer we're bringing on to our team to help uh, increase financial capacity and just other positions in public services to help with their, their growth. Um, we also were, were bummed to learn uh, earlier in January uh, from uh, Mr. Porter that he withdrew his name from uh, consideration for our next city attorney. So um, I served on that subcommittee after about eight months of, of work to try to keep that community centered and, and find a, a great um, new city attorney. Uh, we're disappointed, obviously, but you know we're not going to let that deter us from finding a great next person. We've been very blessed. Uh, City Attorney Robinson has agreed to stay on through the end of June, but we also wanted to make sure to thank him for the commitment he's made for him and his family for the last, I don't know how many months, so we offered him a one-time bonus, and then also increased his salary to the, to the max cap that we would have offered the next person as well. Um, we're hoping that to have somebody in place by early summer, um, if possible. And then third, I just wanted to mention as well, I just talked about the brand new budget for 2023. We have a city commission retreat coming up in a couple weeks here on February 18th, which is a Saturday. It's gonna be from 8.30 to 3.30 at the Foundry. And the purpose of that retreat is effectively to start thinking what's gonna happen in 2024's budget. So um, uh, just wanted to share those major things going on with us as well and I wish you all a great uh, month ahead. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, any Planning Commissioner comments. Yes, go for it. All right, um, I do have one thing to let the public know. With the Kalamazoo County millage, a lot of people have voted on it, was trying to figure out, okay, what's next? Well, next, the county has now opened up a portal where when you wanna do home improvements, you can go onto the county's website to apply for that. If you're a developer looking to get properties here in the city of Kalamazoo or throughout the county, you can definitely apply for that as well to see where you fall into place. Because as we know, 
low-income housing is still a huge thing and we still have a housing crisis and so this would be a big opportunity if you are interested in applying the application process does close February 17th so make sure that you apply as soon as possible so that you can get the proper funding because here in the city of Kalamazoo we're definitely looking to grow to better the properties that we already have and then also bring new developers in so that we can add in more housing. Awesome, thank you for that. Other comments? Well, I will uh, just for the knowledge of everybody out there but also reminded everybody here we were notified two days ago that Mariah Phelps will be resigning from the Planning Commission. Um, I don't know, did she send that to everybody or just to, oh, okay, just so, <laughs> I didn't look at the, uh, who was copied, so okay, uh, so Mariah uh, notified at least me and Christina that she's resigning from the Planning Commission, uh, too much going on basically. So um, we're sorry to see her go, she was a good contributor to the, uh, to the commission. Uh, and that creates an opening and then we are getting close to that time where terms come over and I have, you know, all I'm saying, we're gonna create a membership committee and there's gonna be some calling of applicants and um, interviews and all that sort. So we know we'll have at least one vacancy. There may be others, I'm not sure. Uh, so if you know of people in your circles that would be good folks to serve on this board or the ZBA, which I know has been looking for people as well. Um, send them staff's way and, uh, and if you're interested in serving on that committee, let Christina and Bobby know and uh, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure we'd be looking for help there. I cover it? Yeah, all right. Uh, and that is all I have. Thanks everybody. One hour, that's pretty good. Um, have a great month and uh, enjoy winter while we have it. <laughs> With that, we're adjourned, thanks. <laughs>